real. Despite what some people say, it is real. I've watched people come out of wheelchairs. I've seen blinded eyes open. I've seen the great miracles of God. You cannot convince me that it ain't real tonight. It's real tonight. Amen. All you got to do is read the book of Acts and you'll find out it's real tonight. But if you have your Bibles, I'm going into the book of Acts tonight. Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 18 through verse 20. Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 8, verse 18 through verse 20. I'm going to pick a little bit up where I left other Sunday morning a week ago about revival. And I'm going to talk about when the revival comes. I'm going to talk about what precedes revival, what a today for just a minute what comes before it what's going to bring it in a little bit and we're going to talk about some of the effects of revival let me tell you tonight that in a world that it, it we are in right now it needs revival the church needs revival it won't happen into the world until it starts in the house of god day i was reading where some where the big cities of chicago and cleveland they tried to close off the places of the worshipers, but those worshipers would not be stopped. Thank God for that. Amen? Amen. You'd see people praising and worshiping God in the midst of this environment. That's exactly what is needed right now. Amen? Acts 19, beginning in verse 18. This happened at Ephesus, by the way, also. This is, and many that believed came and confessed, and showed their deeds. Many of them which used curious arts brought, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Look at verse 18. And many that believed came and confessed their de and showed their deeds. I'm going to show you. There's the act of getting cleaned up right there. Amen? When the church has revival, there's going to be some cleansing going on. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear Lord, tonight, God, and we lift you up, dear Lord, this evening, Lord. Father, today we ask for your anointing tonight. I ask for your spirit, Lord, to be upon me, dear God, tonight. Your hand to be upon me, dear Lord, as I bring forth this word tonight, Lord. Tonight I ask God for you to touch me, Lord. Put your words inside of me, dear God. We honor you tonight, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. A week this past, from this past Sunday morning, I preached a message on title, the, the, How the Ephesus Church Needed to Return to Jesus Christ, um, and how they had left that first love. Um, and it's exactly what many, are, just like the church is of Ephesus, um, what they needed was revival. Well, we know that was down the line, and Acts happened before 
before that and we're going to get there here in just a minute but I want to tell you tonight in this world that we are living right now the church needs revival the church needs an awakening and we begin to see right here we're going to look through the book of Acts and we're going to see revivals break loose in the book of Acts how many know revival breaks loose in many places in the book of Acts one of those places is right here in Ephesus at one time um, where they brought their curious hearts, their books and their deeds and they repented uh, and got rid of that stuff inside of their life. Um, but before we can get to revival uh, there's got to be something that is present. Uh, and I'm going to tell you two things real quick um, real quickly about things that come. Um, revival will come um, when there is preaching of the word of God. Um, go back to Acts chapter 8 beginning in verse 5 through 8 and we'll see revival here. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Notice what he preached. He didn't preach himself. He didn't preach a denomination. He didn't preach a man. He preached Jesus. He preached Jesus unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles um, which he did um, for unclean spirits, um, crying with a loud voice came out um, of many that were possessed with them. Um, and many were taken with palsies that, that were lame um, and were healed. Um, and there was great joy um, in the city. Um, then in Acts 8 and verse 25, um, and then when they, when they testified, um, and preached the word of, of the Lord, uh, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospels uh, in the many villages uh, of the Samaritans. Uh, so we begin to see one of the elements uh, that is needed for revival. Uh, and that great element is the dealing with preaching today. Uh, I'm going to talk about two things real quick uh, that has to deal with it with revival with preaching. Uh, there's two things. First, there's preaching and the second thing there's heating both of these must be present when revival breaks loose you see tonight we need some preaching in order to have revival there has to be preaching as much as I like shouting let me tell you shouting has its place shouting is biblical but shouting don't produce revival the word of God produces revival you can have shouting every service but where is the word of God you see a lot of people are looking for a shout but how many are looking for the word let me tell you yes I believe in shouting I believe in getting loud but I'm telling you tonight what is needed is some preaching of God's word again I'm speaking about true biblical preaching that uplifts Christ that exalts the name Jesus that declares Jesus I'm talking about the kind of preaching that will stomp on toes a little bit I'm talking about the kind of preaching that is out of love and concern that kind of preaching that says heaven is glorious and hell is hot I'm talking about that kind of preaching that preaches repentance that kind of preaching that calls sin a sin 
preaching, that kind of preaching that says man must be born again. I'm not talking about this motivational speaking preaching because it ain't going to produce anything. Amen? I'm not talking about, oh, give me a tipsy-tosy and make me feel good for today. That kind of preaching ain't going to produce anything in this world. Yeah, you may fill a church up, but you ain't filling the kingdom of heaven up. Did you hear me today? That's the kind of preaching people want today. They want washed-down, sugar-coated kind of preaching. And if you're looking for a sugar-coated preaching tonight, I want you to know right now that I am not a bakery tonight. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Amen? My Lord, tonight that kind of preaching ain't going to produce anything. That kind of preaching ain't going to produce converts. It ain't going to produce that. What we're looking for in this day. This day that we are needing and the church is needing and what the world is needing is what I call true biblical preaching that it lifts up Jesus declares Jesus declares a man must be born again my Lord today people are getting used to the Joel Osteen type messages yes I said his name but his kind of preaching I'm going to say it real quick ain't going to produce a revival it'll produce many people in his congregation but if you listen you don't hear anything to do about repentance you don't hear hell mentioned you don't hear the things that need to be preached in this day you don't hear the message that Jesus is coming that's the kind of preaching tonight that the church is in need of it's the kind of preaching the world is in need of that will produce conviction that will produce a pricking of the heart tonight that's the kind of preaching tonight that will produce revival in the land and when you begin to see what they preached they preached Christ they preached hard they preached the word of almighty God in the book of Acts but people don't want to hear that kind of preaching anymore I dare to say many churches only have one service anymore amen what a crying shame amen because preachers are too lazy, many cases, to get on their knees before God and get a message. Amen? Amen? But I'm telling you, we want to know why our country is in the shape it is. Because churches have closed down. Amen? We don't want to preach too hard because we may offend somebody. Amen. I like what Donnie Swagger said one day when he preached the message of the week. He said, I didn't, he said, I come to kick you in the shin today. Put it out there. Amen. That's the kind of preaching that we need in this world right now. That's the kind of preaching that's going to produce converts. 
That's the kind of preaching that's going to produce revival. Let me tell you right now, the disciples went preaching. Paul went preaching. Let me tell you, they didn't, but they didn't back around. They preached it like it needed to be preached, whether it cost them a beating, whether it cost them prison time, whether it cost whatever happened to them. Guess what? They preached the Word of God. They preached Jesus. And if you're going to see revival in this day, we're going to have to preach Jesus today. Amen? We're going to have to preach Christ. Let me tell you what we're going to have to preach. We ain't going to, we're going to have to preach that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen? How many know they ain't no, only, they ain't no other way to eternal life? They, it don't go through Buddha. It don't go through Muhammad. It don't go through the Catholic priest. It don't go through a preacher. Jesus said it, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father except by the Son. Oh, there's no other name given among heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. My Lord, we need to preach Jesus. We need to declare Jesus to this lost and dying world. The church needs to hear Jesus. If we're going to have revival, we're going to have to preach the name of Jesus. We're going to have to exalt Jesus tonight. Amen? We're going to have to preach the Word of God tonight. Amen? I'm convinced today that if we some of the biblical people were here in this day, they'd be thrown out of a lot of pulpits because they call it negative preaching. Oh, let me tell you, when we had the negative preaching, I like what Brother Donnie Swaggart said one time, when we had the negative preaching, we had a lot of positive living. But now we got a lot of positive preaching and we got a lot of negative living. Amen? It's all because people have gotten away from preaching the gospel message. People today wanted to throw John the Baptist out of many pulpits. My Lord Jesus would have been looked at as a negative preacher. By the way, Jesus preached on hell more than he did heaven. Amen? He spoke of that place. No doubt Paul the Apostle would not have been welcomed anywhere. No doubt Philip would have been thrown out of many places because people don't want to hear the kind of preaching that I'm talking about. But I tell you today, if we're going to have revival, that's the kind of preaching that we're going to have to have that ain't, don't want tipsy toes around it but ain't scared to stomp on a few toes, ain't scared to make some people upset and declare that which is right. You see, how can they come to the Lord except they hear the message? How do you know that, preacher? Because of what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on Him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Then skip on down three verses in Romans 10 and 17. So then, faith 
cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me tell you this evening, that's how people come to Christ. They got to hear about Christ. They've got to hear somebody speak of that one they call Jesus of Nazareth. You see, people come to church for many reasons. The most important reason to come to church, I believe, is to hear the word of God and altar time. The singing's great and it's and it's wonderful. But we come to hear the message of Jesus Christ. I don't come to see a speaker. I come to hear a word from God. Did you hear me? Let me jump on to something real quick. There's a thing that hits our pulpits in our pews. I'm excuse me. It's called preacher religion. Amen. Amen. They're looking at the preacher and not looking for the message. Amen. 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 They're preaching the word. That's what's important. Amen. Tonight. Oh, preacher. I don't want to come to preaching. I don't want to hear preaching anymore. I remind you that preaching is important. To the world, it is foolishness. But to those who are saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. Listen, the message that we preach is simple. Christ crucified. The work of Christ. That's the message we preach. We preach the finished work of Jesus Christ. You see, but people don't want to preach Jesus. See, in a day, we, we live in a political correct society. And I'm going to stop up right here and tell you, if any of you are looking for a politically correct preacher, I'm not him. <laughs> if you ain't figured me out yet, I'm a little bit different. I'm a little bit more crazy. <laughs> I'm not politically correct. I don't come to give politically correct messages. I come to give biblical messages. Amen? Political correctness runs our land. Political correctness destroyed our land. Our Lord, tonight, God, the preachers I'm talking about need to be full of biblical correctness tonight. It's important tonight that somebody declare the Word of God in 2020. Amen? As the days, every day that passes, people are one day closer to eternity. As the day passes, we're that much closer unto the coming of the Lord. Every day, minute, and second that passes, we're that much closer. The people are that much closer of going into eternity. My Lord, we need some preaching. We need some preaching that's going to disturb some people. Did you hear me? And I'm talking about disturb the way they're living. I'm talking about disturb their actions. I'm talking about upsetting some people. My Lord, there's certain things I can say that I know I can ruffle a feather 
with. But that's all right. I'll preach it anyway. There are certain things that you get mad. Preacher, you shouldn't say that about somebody in our government. No. Well, if they're a devil, speak it anyway. Amen. Call it for what it is. Call a spade a spade. Did you hear me? If the kettle's black, call it that. Amen. My Lord, today, you shouldn't speak out on certain things like that. Well, let me tell you right now, you got that philosophy. You don't know the Word of God. You shouldn't speak against this and you shouldn't speak against that. I'm speaking about what they're standing for. Preacher, I know the selection cycle, but you need to stay out of it. Wait just a minute. Well, let me tell you something. Abortion is a spiritual issue. Amen. Same-sex marriage is a spiritual issue. The deal with Israel is a spiritual issue. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'll even go this far. They want to give the lazy all the things they can. People that don't want to work. I'm not talking in this day. But the Bible says a man that don't work don't eat. You see, we got these kids running around in this land that's able. Notice I said able. Amen, because I know there's people that need help. And God, we are supposed to. But I'm talking about these people that are looting and are burning and wanting to turn things upside down because they don't want to get, go out and do anything. I'm talking about laziness. Amen. Our Lord, let me tell you, spiritual issues that are in the land. Oh, and there's some lazy preachers that's too lazy to prepare sermons a week. Hey, man. Hey, man. If you don't think preaching's work, you ain't never done it. I'm not going on Google to get a sermon off. I believe in getting a message from God. People say, well, you don't work but once a week, baloney. You don't see the errors I put in and study. <laughs> you don't see the errors in other things, too. Oh, no. Listen. What we're, there's spiritual issues that needs to be called out in this land. The church is drifting away. People are slacking on God. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say it right now. There's people, I'm going to say this, we ain't seen in months, don't have no reason not to be been here. The only reason they ain't been here is because they drifted away from God. Amen. And I said it backslidden are on their way completely out that's what happens not just here i just read it churches around the nation her people are falling away amen they're using covid19 for an excuse amen the reality is i wonder if god ain't weeding some people amen hey god i wonder if god's doing a little separation right now Amen. My Lord, today, let me tell you, but in this hour, preaching, hard preaching is needed. Amen. Amen. Hard preaching is needed, not because of hate or wanting to beat somebody. No, because you love them. Because you don't want to, you know what's coming down the road. Amen. But people don't want to hear hard preaching anymore. They want soft. I'm going to do it. They want soft. Skip. Skip. Skip to the loo preaching. I had a preacher buddy of mine, North Carolina, Brother Hank Connor. 
he'd come preach revivals for me. He'd get in someone's face. He'd scare the daylights out of me, church. You remember that? <laughs> I'm telling you. I know. But we need that kind of preaching if we're going to have revival. Hey, man, these poor, pure biblical preaching again, not watered down. Feel me. Good moment preaching. I can give you uplifting sermons, but sometimes, let me tell you, this message of the hour is needed. Repentance. Amen? For the kingdom of God is at hand. But listen, when revival comes, there's got to be sound biblical preaching for the people to hear the Word of God. Somebody's got to be declaring the Word of God. Oh, Listen, you can have that. But here's the issue. Many people don't heed the Word of God. This is a big hindrance to the Word of God, the revival. It ain't that God don't want to send revival. How many of you know God wants to send revival? People ain't heeding it. They don't want it. Amen? What I find right here, in Acts chapter 8, in verse 6, is when Philip was preaching Christ to the people in the city of Samaria. What do I see right here? I see people heeding it. I see people grasping it. What does it mean? And I believe this is one of the greatest hindrances to moves of God for revival, and even in people's life from receiving from God. They don't heed the message. What does it mean to heed? It means pay close attention to. They were attentive. They took the Word of God serious. And I believe this is what's missing among many in the laity today is they don't take God's Word serious. Amen? Amen? They don't pay really attention to it like that. Instead, what they do is they're saying, Preacher, shut up. Let us get out of here. The buffet line's open. Yeah, in some states it probably are. But you know Pennsylvania right now. But people are shaking off. They don't really heed the Word of God. They don't really take it serious. They get up, leave the church, shake it off like nothing's ever been said. But in Samaria, when Philip was preaching Christ, they weren't balancing, let me just use this, they weren't balancing their checkbooks in the middle of service. They weren't playing around in the middle of services. They weren't on their little cell phones texting somebody or playing on Facebook, if you will. No. They didn't have their minds. Let's get this in. They didn't have their minds occupied on something else 
What are we going to do afterwards? No. They had, they had one focus. And that was to hear what Philip had to say about Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Heeding really. Instead of shaking it off. They got focused on God's word. You see, I'm convinced when the church gets focused on God's word, you're going to see revival. Hey, man, I can preach to you till I'm blue in the face, but if you don't heed it, nothing's going to happen. You see, you, got, you can have the preaching, but if the people don't heed it, it ain't going to produce. Hey, man, God can deal. It's like this. I've seen God deal with people. You know He wanted to save them. But they'd get up and walk out. I remember in my earlier tenure here, in a service, in a revival service, I was preaching a message, or a Wednesday night, I can't remember. I knew God was dealing with some people. And they got up and went out that front door. Hey, man, I preached what I could preach. Hey, man, but what they did with it was there. And that's what I'm telling you right now. It's more than just hearing preaching. You've got, to, you've got to heed the message of God. Amen. You've got to pay attention to the Word of God. You've got to be focused on the Word of God. Listen, I don't come to church even when I visit like next Sunday. I'll be visiting in a church somewhere. I'm going to be in church next Sunday morning, Lord willing, down there in North Carolina. Yes, yeah, sometimes this preacher needs to sit back and hear preaching too. Amen. Amen. Too many times I feed, but I need to get fed. Sometimes it's just nice to get away to go into a church service where you can just be fed. But I'm going in there to hear the word of God. I'm not going in that church to play on Facebook. I'm not going into that church to balance a checkbook. I'm not going in that church to be preoccupied with something else. I got one purpose. To hear about Christ. Amen. To hear a gospel message. See, when you begin to heed, that's what was going on in Samaria. They begin to heed. And revival began to break loose. Read it. God began to do great miraculous things right there. And I'm convinced this is the prerequisite for revival. Yes, I know prayer has got to do with it. But there's got to be some biblical preaching and there's got to be some people that will heed what God's saying. Like they did in Samaria. Listen, I'm just going to say this. What happened? Unclean spirits come out. Many were possessed. Those were taken with palsy and the lame were healed right there. But notice in verse 8 what revival brought also into the city of Samaria. Great joy in the city. Amen. We want joy in this country. We need a revival in this country. How about just use Houston town, McConnellsburg, Fulton County. Revival's the answer for great joy. Amen. Amen. All the turmoil in our world. The answer is revival. When revival comes, there's going to be some effect that's going to happen. 
One of the things I find out that what's going to happen when revival comes, people will put off the works of darkness. Amen? They will put off the works of darkness. Romans 13, verses 12 through 13. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Paul's saying it's time for you to put off the darkness and put on light. I don't celebrate darkness. Amen? Amen? I'm going to tell you something. Witchcraft's real. It ain't a joke. You'll start hearing about it, but it's not a joke. They're hitting their high night. I don't celebrate it. Amen? I celebrate the King. I celebrate light in Jesus Christ. You see, let me tell you, revival comes, you'll start putting off darkness. God comes. When you really get serious with God, you see right here in Acts 19, you'll begin to cast off the works of darkness. When people got serious with God. Listen, Acts 19, 18 through 20. But let me read that passage of Scripture again. And many who believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Apparently they had already believed. We're seeing a case of some cleansing going on right here in Ephesus. Many of them which also used curious arts and brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. What we see right here is apparently a picture of those that believed but had things they had not given up. Things no Christians should have had a hold of. Curious art books, witchcraft if you will. Three books. But what we see also is the Holy Spirit dealing with these people. Leading them to a life of holiness and righteousness. Let me tell you, let me, it's kind of a picture, if you will. Notice they confessed and showed their deeds. What were they doing there? They were casting off the darkness and putting on the light. No doubt, we know the Spirit convicts. I've always told people this. God will do the cleaning, cleaning of the fish. Amen? Amen. It ain't our job to cleanse the fish. Some people think they should, but they need to clean, get their own self cleaned up before they start trying to clean somebody else up. Amen? Amen? The Holy Spirit will do His part in conviction. Amen? He'll do His part in dealing with them. See, what they begin to do when revival came is they begin to cast away the things that should not be there. It's what I call casting away the darkness. It's what they were doing. They were casting away the darkness that was still present in their life. 
What were they putting on when they were casting it away? They was putting on the light. Amen. Yeah, God deals with people. God will do to convicting folks. Amen. My job's to preach it. God's job's to convict. Amen. I got a job to preach, but God's got, He'll do the rest. See, I remember right after I was saved, I still had a hold of some things that I shouldn't have had a hold of. I still had some music I shouldn't have been listening to that time. I'm talking about hard stuff. I had some shirts that had some inappropriate things upon them. I had some things I should not have had in my possession. Well, the more that Jesus got a hold of me, the more I did not desire those things. Amen? Amen? The more I said, I'm going to throw them away. I remember going to a revival service where the guy got me saved, Joey Williams, at Tron Church of God in Tron, North Carolina. They had what you call an old-fashioned burn barrel. Amen? Anybody ever seen, had a member of those services where people would bring the things and you would burn them? I remember I probably brought a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff. I hear people now saying, why didn't you sell them? Because I didn't want to put the junk in somebody else's hands. Amen? You should have given it away. I didn't want to put it in nobody else's hands. Amen? That's what I tell them. But I remember putting it in there. Burnt that stuff that night. Don't look back on it yet. Have no regrets about burning the things. Why? Because I'm in love with Jesus. Amen? Because I got the king on my mind. Amen? I remember the crowd I used to hang with. I don't look back on them. Amen? I got Jesus today. Amen? I'll just tell you, when you get a hold of Jesus, the crowd's going to leave you anyway. When you truly get a hold of Him. Amen? They don't want nothing to do with Jesus of Nazareth. Amen? The devil and them don't want nothing to do with the Jesus inside of you. Oh, I don't look back on it. People say, oh, I had a good time. No, what? my whole life it was so good back then it was so good it's so good what was good about it you was on your way to hell you was in bondage to satan let me tell you the day i saved the day i got born again was the day i started the good life amen he, even though my journey may have been i may have had some rocks on the journey it's still been the best life i'll ever live Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus today. Amen. Our Lord, that's what I'm talking about today. When you revival comes into your life, there's going to be some things that get thrown out of your life. Oh, I'm not done yet. Hang on. You're going to tell us when Jesus really becomes the first love in your life, all these other things are going to be second trivial. Some of these things ain't going to matter no more. Hey man, there's going to be some things that get thrown out. You see, when revival comes, your desire will be to walk in the way of holiness and righteousness. It needs to be preached in the church. When revival comes, you will detest sin. I'm not just talking about sins of the flesh. Hello. I'm talking about sins of the heart. Amen. Some of the sins of the heart is just as bad as the sins of the flesh, if not worse in many cases. Amen. 
jealousy, envy, and strife. It's just as bad as some of this other stuff we preach on. Oh, I can get you to preach all day if I start preaching on same-sex marriage or alcohol or something like that. People jump all day. But when I start preaching about gossip, all of a sudden people get quiet. Gossip does a lot of harm. When I start preaching about jealousy, people start getting it. When I start preaching about hatred, bitterness, and unforgiveness, that'll get a hold of some people. But it's just as bad. Amen? Amen? You can hide it from the preacher, but you can't hide it from God. But when you, listen, but when that revival comes into your heart, when revival comes into your life, let me tell you what's going to happen. First of all, you're going to have a deep love for Christ. He's going to be your first love. Amen? Then you're going to have a love for others. How many know that? Amen? You'll love thy neighbor. I don't care what that neighbor's done to you. You're going to love that neighbor. Hello? How Jesus said, how can you love God? The Bible tells us, how can you love God? If you don't even love the neighbor that... God, you have not seen, but you don't love the neighbor that you have seen. Your brother, yes. Listen, I'm convinced when revival comes, there's a love of Christ that's going to fill the hearts of everybody. In this day, I don't understand how somebody can say they love Christ, but hate somebody of a different skin color. Amen? I don't understand that. Amen? I don't care if they're black, white, polka polka dotted, red, spotted, whatever you want to call them. Yellow, green. Let me tell you, if you got the love of Christ, you're going to love them. You ain't going to hate hate somebody on the purpose of their skin. Amen? May not like their ways. But we, listen, but I'm telling you, people are like that. Profess Christ, but have hatred all over them. Revival needs to come. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is simply, when revival comes, God puts the house in order. See, it's more than a series of services. Revival, we consider a series of services a revival. You can go through set. 100 services all in a row, but not have revival. You can just be going through just going through emotion. Amen. What I'm talking about revival is when God begins to put things together. Marcy, you can get ready to come in your house. But I want you to know that Jesus had to put the temple in order for revival to break loose in the temple. How many remember the story of Matthew 21, verses 12 through 14? And Jesus went into the temple of God, cast out all them that sold and brought in the temple, and overthrew the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of peace. Now listen to verse 14. This took place after he got the house in order. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, 
and he healed them. That's when revival comes. I want you to know tonight that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hey, Ben, we need to get some, let Jesus get some things in order. I remind you also, a cleansing process may not be easy. It can be an ouch sometimes. It, when God cleanses you, it can be painful sometimes along the way. How do I know that? Well, first of all, he went in that temple overthrowing some things. But if you read John's account, sometimes God's got to chastise us to get things in order. How many know what he prepared? He made a scorch to go in there and whip them. He didn't do it out of hate. No, what he did that for is to get them in order. Amen? He did that to get that temple to be what the Father wanted it to, to accomplish His purpose. I tell you tonight, sometimes God whips us in order to get our attention. Sometimes we ain't going to learn no other way. Anybody like that? Sometimes you can tell, but you don't learn until you get whipped. How many women are like <laughs> I'm sorry. How many kids are like that? Or kids at one time? Parents told you something, but you didn't necessarily do it when they told you until they got the belt after you. Anybody? <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> Amen. I guess we got two on us. <laughs> Sometimes, in our, even in our spiritual life, when things are out of order, God will chastise us. Amen? It ain't done out, out of hurt. Why do you punish your children? To correct them. Amen? Do you punish them to be punishing them? No. No. You punish them to correct them. Because you love them. God does that to us. Because he wants us to get things in order. He cleansed that temple there. Simply because it was out of order. And it was not doing what it was supposedly to do. Let me give you a nugget. Real quick. One of the things they carried, had in that temple was doves. Locked in cages. As long as the, them doves were in a cage it wasn't until jesus overthrew the dove that the dove could be released overthrew the tables that the cages broke and the doves were released what are you saying i'm saying sometimes simply we keep the holy ghost caged up amen and sometimes god's got to overthrow some things i'm tempted to throw something <laughs> sometimes you want to catch it? <laughs> I'm liable to hit you. <laughs> Sometimes I can aim towards you. You may hurt this, but it <laughs> she may hurt this. So Patty said, so, so Sometimes God's got to throw some things out where the cage can break and the dove can be released in your life. 
because revival comes when the dove's released. As long as the dove's caged, ain't going to be no revival. It takes the dove being released. Who am I talking about the dove in the spirit for those that don't know? The Holy Spirit. The dove in the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm saying this mo- tonight. God wants to send revival. When revival comes, things are happen. You can stand in here tonight. It was when revival, the temple was in order, then healings and miracles took place. See, revival comes with preaching. It comes with heeding. When it comes, there's going to be some cleansing. Purification. Getting things in order. <clears throat> but it also will produce moves of God in your life. It's not just a series of services. It's people coming back to Christ. It's people getting serious with Christ, putting off the works of darkness and putting on the works of light. The armor of light, the Christ on you. How many would like to say, Preacher, send revival in my life? Send revival in my life. If you'll hear this message tonight, I'm convinced, and you'll heed it and take God's word serious. God will send revival in your life. Houston Town Church of God, God will send revival in this church if you'll believe it tonight. He'll send a move in your life tonight. If you'll grab a hold of it tonight. Lord, we honor you, Lord, tonight. Lord, we praise you tonight. We exalt you tonight, Lord. God, I preach what you've given me tonight. God, you do the work. You do the work, dear God, tonight. Lord, tonight, God, we honor you, Lord. We praise you tonight and we exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.